Hey, look at that. 6 p.m. on the dot. Punctual, awesome. baby. Awesome. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? FBI. Open up. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. <laughs> Episode 247, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We will be drinking alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat or the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. After 247 episodes, I feel like I finally have that down. <laughs> Gosh. Is this one 247? I thought the last one two forty. No, I, I went back and checked. This is 247. One of us made a mistake, and I'm afraid I know who it was. <laughs> it, it was me. Maybe not, though. It'll be only a mistake that you and I ever see, but... <laughs> uh, did you name the notes wrong? Yeah. Or no, no, uh, rather, I'm sure it, I I named oh. the folders wrong <laughs> in the uh, file server. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Maybe not, though. I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out. Anyway. Yes, we will. How's it going tonight? Not too bad. I I feel good. good. <laughs> Normally we have a lot more to talk about, but I just saw you. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy. We've been BSing all day, so. Yeah. We actually got some stuff done today, too. Like Yeah, we did. Heck yeah. Not just drinking beers around the office. Right. I mean, that, that's just Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, the best part of every Wednesday. Uh, what do you got on tap for tonight, Rhett? Uh, nothing super crazy. Uh, I forgot to grab a glass, so I might be drinking out of the bottle, but I'm going Woodburn Drop Top Amber Ale you again. Heathen. I know, I know. It's just what happens, but I, I've been a big fan of the Woodburn Drop Top lately. Uh, their Amber Ale is amongst my favorites, and uh, I don't know. It's definitely more of like a fall beer mm -hmm. but uh you know the weather's been easing up we're coming out of a heat wave yeah uh so beautiful today yeah it, it's been great so um widmer drop top amber ale that's what i'm gonna be drinking uh, i made the mistake of cleaning up my desk and i'm sure that's where my clean beer mug went that i was gonna use i'm sure i'm sure it was <laughs> sparkling uh, I do have a couple out on the desk today. I'm not sure. I, I brought three out. I'm not sure which two I'm going to drink. Um, so we've got this one from Sierra Nevada, which I have not tried before. It is their wild little thing. Uh, so uh, they have the uh, 
they have a whole series of Little Thang beers. Uh, this is their slightly sour IPA with guava, hibiscus, and strawberry. Uh, 5.5%. So, again, probably a nice fall mm. afternoon beer. Uh this one from Craftwell Cocktails. Uh, I tried one of these for the first time a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, and that was their, gosh, was it watermelon or no, pineapple margarita. It was a pineapple margarita canned cocktail. Uh, this one's a strawberry margarita. And I've also got in the fridge a blueberry mojito, I think, or no, blueberry Cosmo. Uh so I liked the, the pineapple one so much, I figured I would give a couple others a try when I saw them in the store. Uh, and last up, I have from, gosh, where is this? Groundbreaker Brewing in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I've got the IPA number five, which is actually a gluten-free IPA. Yeah, all their beers, uh, I think most of their beers anyway, are gluten-free. Uh, it's a gluten-free facility. Yeah, yeah. they're great. Yeah. I will say they're like renowned for this gluten-free lager that I do think is awful, but the rest <laughs> of their beers are great. Like they have a really good gluten-free amber ale, uh -huh. um, amongst other things. They're really worth checking out if you I, guys are. I are in feel the, the same way about uh, Ghostfish Head up in uh, Seattle. They're another gluten-free brewery, and uh, it's really funny because they're known for their uh, their wheat ale, their German wheat ale. Um, which I think is one of the worst beers I've ever had in my life. Yeah. But the rest of their stuff is pretty darn solid, including they have a stout that's actually pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, it, it, just one of those things. Nice. Uh, we do have a super chat. Uh, Rhett, you do this one better than I do. Yeah, from Kren all the way on the other side of the world uh, for two Aussie bucks. Good eye. There you Good go. Good night, mate. There you go. Yeah. You're Thank right you, I do, mate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take this too far. One of these days, I'm actually like putting some work, narrow in my Australian dialect. Yeah. And then I'm just going to go to town. I'll do a whole show. Oh, God. I, I have a really good friend of mine um, who's very much into was very much into theater and choir and, and things like that. And uh, whenever she gets a little bit tipsy, she'll slip into a British accent by accident. Happens all <laughs> the time. And it's one of the most adorable things ever because <laughs> she can't stop. <laughs> and it's completely accidental. It, um, but she was a, a military brat. And so she moved everywhere. And so she has like little hints of like every American accent you could ever have. And they kind of, lump back together into like a middling British accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Very, very funny. Uh, how about some New England or New Zealand dialect? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could try. The problem is, is like, I have like a few key phrases that I go to for like each thing to dial it in. Yeah. And um, I'm having trouble thinking of what my, my New Zealand one was. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i do the same thing with uh with doing any character voices or anything like that where i i will find a specific phrase that i can do and and that's that voice and a lot of impressionists do that same thing as well they right, right. they figure out which phrase has all of the hallmarks of that voice and then they'll expand on that phrase 
um, and pull out, you know, individual dialects or, you know, yeah. accentuations or whatever else that they need. But right, yeah. you know, like like that's not a knife. This is a knife. This is a knife. Right. <laughs> or uh, you know, I always think of uh, Dark Knight. You know, it's like. Uh, you know, I'm no, yeah, exactly. Actually, you nailed it, dude. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, he, Michael Caine says like the size of a tangerine or whatever. I can't quite remember it. Cause I was <laughs> seen it a long time, but uh, some people just want to watch the world burn. Dude, look at that. Our beers are like almost the same score on untapped. 3.53 and 3.52. I'm I'm losing by one one hundredth. Gosh. No, no, no. You're winning by one one hundredth. Oh my okay, sorry, I, I read them in reverse. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I'm losing by one one hundredth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think is fair. I I really like all of those Sierra Nevada beers. Yeah. Um yeah, there's uh there's crazy little something. There's a big little something, which was their Imperial IPA, which is a fantastic one. Um, They've got hazy little something and uh, they've got wild little something. This is pretty good so far. Um, Yeah, I was going to try that one earlier, but I went with the hazy. Yeah, no, it's uh, very reminiscent of of a strawberry ale with a little bit more tang right up front. But it's still kind of grounded by that that earthy IPA that Sierra Nevada has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily all that. Um, it's not really grassy. It's it's a little bit more of a floral kind of kind of right. flavor to it. But um, yeah, it I'm liking this. Sweet. <clears throat> Actually, we do you have another super chat? Ooh, all right. What do we got? Uh, from tech geek 20 bucks evening gents fully moved into my new office and it's hotter than hell no ac in the whole building and i'm on the top floor in a smaller room now got approved for a window unit so hopefully i don't die before then i I certainly hope you don't die uh but yeah i i've lived in so many different apartments that didn't have ac um and rented a couple houses that didn't have ac in fact our last house that we owned didn't have ac and so we we went with window units and ground units and and all kinds of fun stuff in a uh trying to keep a 2000 square foot house cool uh is quite the endeavor (laughs) when you don't have central (laughs) air uh or any ducting uh it had uh cadet wall units uh as the heat source uh, and that apparently sufficed with the uh, building codes of the day. So, yeah, no ducting, no no way that I could get AC unless I went with like a high pressure ducted system or yeah. uh, split units or any, or something like that. And at that point, it's just like I'm not spending, you know, eight thousand dollars on split units for. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. Uh, do we have any anyone talking about beers i don't i didn't see any right off in the chat no this is the one time in the show's entire history that people are just chilling no beers i mean that's wild somebody's drinking lapsang Chong. oh there you go yeah that's a delightful tea i actually think i have a little case of that over on my my bar shelf over there 
But see, what I love too is the implication of hot is that they're going for like the Captain Picard thing. Yeah. Um, which was the tea that he wanted Picard to drink, but they said it sounded too silly. <laughs> which is like, then he landed on Earl Grey, Earl which Grey. is just like, yeah. Come on. Would you like a saucer of milk to go with that, Captain? Right, exactly. Um, we do got somebody drinking uh, their favorite, Badger Hill. Badger snack, peanut butter stout. Somebody else drinking a classic dragon's milk. Excellent, Isaac. That's a great way to go. Um, I didn't see much after that. Like, I, I scrolled up and I saw those. But, uh, no. Uh, oh, here we go. Got a couple new entries. Uh, I've got a spiked Topo Chico uh, pineapple. Nice. Uh, American Cosworth drinking a Blue Moon Light. And... Yeah, I don't care what you say. That's a great beer. Ooh, Summer Shandy. Nice. That Always sounds a great delightful. option. Yep. All right. Drinking Nitro Gentleman's Relish from Magnolia, Texas. <laughs> Nitro Gentleman's Relish. It's definitely a combination of words I've never seen strung together before. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we do have some news to get to. I think we'll start with uh, actually the story of the day, which is uh, AMD. And by the day, I mean like this was announced kind of last Thursday or WCCF Tech Growth this last Thursday, shortly after our show went off the air. And that's that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Ryzen 7000 Raphael desktop CPUs and X670 motherboards will reportedly launch on September 15th, and the announcement could come on August 29th. Uh, so we'll have some official details, hopefully by the end of this month. Uh, now, for those that don't know, AMD Ryzen 7000 is the upcoming Zen 4 architecture based on 5 nanometer process. Uh, so these will be the first 5 nanometer desktop chips. Uh, there's already been some 5 nanometer fab technology out in the wild. Um, I know NVIDIA has done some 6 nanometer stuff with Samsung, and I believe Apple on their latest M2 was 5 nanometer. Uh, so not the first... Uh, products to market, but definitely some of the first. Uh, and we already have some part numbers. Uh, now, these are all preliminary specs. Nothing in this list is anywhere close to official. Uh, but we can make some fairly educated guesses based on uh, products that have been announced or discussed in the past by AMD. Uh, and I think we'll start at the top and go to the bottom. So we've got the Ryzen 9 7950X, which is a 16-core 32-thread CPU. This will obviously be the flagship chip uh, with a single-core max clock of 5.5 gigahertz. Now, do keep in mind that is probably the precision boost overclock single thread, like one or two cores boosting to that level. But that is still an insanely high clock for a stock out of the box CPU. Uh, this will have a TDP upwards of 170 watts. And this last piece is probably the most contentious because I have seen reports anywhere from around $700 to... Oh, upwards of $1,000 um, for the 7950X. Now, the 5950X, the CPU that this is directly replacing, uh, was also 16-core, 32-thread, 
was the flagship CPU for uh, Zen 3, uh, that one was $799. So it's kind of interesting that WCCF Tech is reporting that this will only be $700, but other uh, outlets are reporting it could be well over $800, over the asking price of the previous generation chip. Um, so yeah, who knows <laughs> on that one. Uh, yeah. The other really interesting thing is uh, we do know that these will be chiplet-based CPUs uh, with the 5950X and the 7900X coming in with two chiplets. It appears that the Ryzen 7 CPUs and the Ryzen 5 will be single chiplet units uh, based on the cache count or the reported cache count. Uh, as you can see, the Ryzen 9 uh, CPUs, 7900X and 7950, will both have 64 megabytes of L3 cache and 16 megs of L2 with 12 megs of L2 for the uh, for the 7900X. And then we drop down to 32 megs of L3 uh, and 8 megs of L2 for the 7800X and 7700X. Um, now, these parts uh, do drop all the way down to as little as $200, which is definitely good news based on the fact that Zen 3 really didn't get much below about $270 on the entry level uh, with the 5600X and the 5600. Uh, so hopefully now that Intel is back in the game, that will actually force AMD to come back down to earth slightly in pricing. Uh, that and the silicon shortage is uh, definitely on the downward slope of unavailability. So, man, I, I think as soon as Raptor Lake is announced, which is 13th gen Intel, which we're expecting maybe as soon as October, uh, man, it could be awesome an awesome awesome time to be a cpu buyer uh if you're in the market for a new platform um but yeah uh wattages between 65 and 170 watts price ranges between 200 and 700 and anything from 6 to 16 cores on amd's all new 5 nanometer architecture it's kind of what you need to know <laughs> there you go yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, kind of see where prices land once everything's announced. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it does sort of seem, uh, you know, on their price chart here, like the, the tilde sort of implies like a little bit of, uh, you know, flexibility on the price. Right. But um, who know who knows exactly, you know? Yeah. 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 Um... Uh, and yeah, as what, one thing we do know about the Zen 4 architecture, again, not only will this be chiplet based, but they get one megabyte of L2 cache per core that they have on the CPU. Um, and that is all shared across the entire architecture, regardless of what core uh, count the CPU has. They're all interconnected with Infinity Fabric. So uh, that should give uh, AMD is saying upwards of about 15% IPC improvement generation over generation over Zen 3, uh, which is also quite the claim uh, as far as improved speeds go. So what do you think? AMD going to just be burst in our mailbox wide open with these bad boys? Uh, well, one would hope <laughs> at this point <laughs> in my career. Uh yeah, who knows? Um, but uh, uh, 
Yeah, I I haven't been in close talks with AMD. Um, AMD does go through a PR company, and sometimes getting them to respond to emails can be a little bit tricky on on the uh, media side of things. Uh, so I'm hopeful. I, I'm hopeful I can get some chips at launch. Um, I, I have been in contact with Intel as of late as well, and I'm hoping uh, to be a part of their launch of Raptor Lake for hands-on reviews and things like that. Um, also had some other plans with Intel that hopefully will not fall through, but that's nothing that I can discuss yet. So... <laughs> Uh, PC Tech Hustle sends over $4.99. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, cheers, boys. No craft beer for me tonight, but me and the wife are enjoying staying, uh, enjoying some homemade ranch water. Still tasty. What Wait, is ranch what water? What is ranch water? I, I've, I've never heard of that before. Like, at first, my mind went to, like, Cool Ranch Doritos, right? But then I'm thinking, like, nah, he's talking like a ranch, like getting your hands dirty, grabbing horses, you know, by the tail. Let's see what he says. Let's yeah, see what PC I, Tech Hustle I, I'm, has to I'm say. very, very curious. Uh, and yeah, JK Software confirms uh, M.2 was five nanometer. Yeah, I, I thought so. I I couldn't remember for sure off the top of my head, but I thought uh, M.2 from Apple was five nanometer ARM. So um, we do have another super chat. I think we missed from American Cosworth before. Oh, you're right. Five regular American bucks from American Cosworth, longtime friend of the show. Shout out to friend of the channel, Jeff Gearling. Yes. I know you're likely watching. Get better, you. That's in order. Sarcastically said, like a drill sergeant. Yeah. No, I, I won't even say it sarcastically. I will say, Jeff Gearling, get better. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, uh, Jeff Gearling, very good friend of the channel and uh, and friend of myself, uh, uh, posted an update on his channel earlier today uh, about his battle with Crohn's disease. He haven't been uh, he hasn't been like hiding it at all, but uh, it's kind of come to more of a forefront in his life, and uh, he's been very very sick for the last month, uh, in and out of the hospital through a number of different procedures and whatnot, and gave a little bit of update uh, on his overall health and kind of the status of the channel moving forward. Uh, so definitely been thinking about Jeff today. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think between you and red shirt, Jeff, you can probably beat this thing, uh, or, or at least, uh, you know, get better enough to start functioning again. Um, my, my grandfather has Crohn's disease, so I, I don't think quite as, as, uh, severe as, as Mr. Gearling does, but, uh, I am familiar with some of the the things that go into it. So, sending all of my my positive vibes, good thoughts. Uh, I I'd offer you a beer, but I don't think that's the right thing right now. That ain't <laughs> so, gonna help. As, yeah. It's not gonna help things. But uh, yeah, Jeff, if you are watching, get better, my friend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Crohn's is like a no fun. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty serious thing. I've been reading a lot lately, actually, about, uh, you know, one of the interesting things kind of coming uh, this side of, of uh, COVID is like, we're learning how much like post viral syndromes can play a role in triggering other things. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I recently read that they are exploring a connection between Crohn's and viral infections. Mm -hmm like some like there seems to be some sort of correlation that you catch a viral infection of some sort you know mm -hmm. 
like I, for some reason like mono is sticking out i don't know why um, I, well they they did make a link and it i am not a medical professional i am talking out no, of my no, ass no, here, so if, if i say something wrong just take that for what it is but um i know they've been talking for years about the connection between uh hpv human papillomavirus and and certain types of cancers in women and uh and so yeah that that connection yeah. has already been made and that's true i mean and that's the whole campaign for the hpv vaccine right is like there it's like a cancer vaccine yeah the, Maybe no it cancer. yeah it was linked to ovarian cancer cancers. and i think a couple other uh cancers yeah. that are almost exclusively to women it, it can affect men as well but uh i think the cancers specifically were affected uh by women it, it um, might be able to impact men with ovaries that very true i i was talking cisgendered so <laughs> we were keeping it keeping it uh you yeah. know yeah uh, at the level that we operate at, <laughs> the low level. Yes. <laughs> Not grinding too many gears up top sometimes. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, the body is a wild, fascinating thing. I just read a story today about a guy who was having trouble breathing and went to the doctors and found that he had a tree growing in his lung. So I've, I've heard of fungal infections in lungs, like finding like polyps and mushrooms and crap like that. Well, in fact, that's how I found this but story. Was, that's how I found this story, right? Was I was I was thumbing through an article that was like an opinion piece about how like humanity is not ready for a fungal pandemic. And I was like, oh God, I'm already scared enough. Let's read, you know, like yeah. I have to know everything that could kill us at any time. <laughs> and it was like, uh, you know, and uh, talking about getting fungal infections in your lungs and how it's already a serious thing and how you can like the funguses can grow like polyps and tumors inside of your body and do all this sort of thing. And then I found a story about a man who had a tree because he inhaled the seed grow in his lungs. So see all those kids who picked on you in elementary school, they weren't wrong about the watermelon seeds. I know that's the first thought I had too. It's <laughs> just like, what if they weren't wrong? Is, is oh God, it really there? can happen. <laughs> well, that explains the weight gain, but yeah, and the tummy shape and too. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. It's not just a beer belly. I have a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> watermelon ale, perhaps. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, it's like that episode when uh, Bender is brewing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I just felt it ferment. <laughs> it's an ale. Craft <laughs> uh, Computing, Discord talking heads for the link for the tree lung pick. I don't know that I want to watch that right now. I'll take a look. I'll take a look for all of us. Oh, whoa. Yeah, it's in the x-ray, and then there is a wow. picture... Yeah, I'm uh, not ready for I, that. I I don't know that I needed to see that. I was not ready for it. But since I'm the only one who can post links into the YouTube chat, there you go, everyone. Uh, now you can never eat at again your, as well. Click at your own risk if you are a gore averse. Is that it's spruce? Not, it's not as bad. I know. I'm like, okay, what kind of gins can we get out of this? Are we going to be able to... <laughs> Get some yeast out of his beard while you're at it. Let's Ooh, let's let's go. do a full thing. Yeah. <laughs> what would you even call it? Here that the, that picture says medical marvels. So maybe you would call it the medical marvels. You know. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. 
the Medical Marvels IPA. <laughs> Flavored with spruce. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> anyway. And we um, all wonder why this show tends to go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Good thing I was eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the, yeah, the chat says it all at this point. Oh, yeah. man. Well, what's funny is I was going to be like, to protect everybody's sanity, a dollar a month, You can, then you know for sure that you want to see it by the time you click on it. But here's Jeff just like, here it is, guys. Take a look. Yeah. <laughs> well, Suffer once, with me. Once I saw it, I, I had to drag you all along for the ride. That's how, that's how this works, dang it. Yeah, maybe he's the first Ent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, loggers logger. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Oh, gosh. I love that. That's a good Loggers one. Logger's logger. <laughs> My only thought is like reverse barrel aging something from Skull. <laughs> I was going to make that joke for the watermelon ale. Like, technically, anything that I age is barrel aged. Shape of the belly. Like, I, I was going to try to go there with it, but. Nice, nice. No, the uh, the spruce lung. Is that what you would call it? Spruce lung? Uh, that kind of ended... I am grouped. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How do you even follow up that conversation? Well, it might How not be... How did we get there? Tree. Where do we go? It might not be a tree in the lung, but our next story is still uh, a hit. <laughs> All right, I'll work on that one for next time. Okay. All right. Uh, well, this latest branch from AMD's architecture uh, is definitely... Gosh, I, I had a pun and I lost it. And I, also, too, there's something about, like... I know it's AMD, but like there's something about, like, Intel inside. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Not to get our roots twisted, but uh, <laughs> uh, why do people do this to me? Anyway, uh, AMD's Ryzen 5 7600X is apparently so impressive, it is making the folks over at User Benchmarks uh, question their own reality. Uh, in the fact that they not only had to give a backhanded comment to the Neanderthalian uh, PR department of AMD a little bit of props for actually living up to some of their relatively low expectations of them, um, but also immediately counter it with, and Raptor Lake's right around the corner, and we just know that Team Blue is going to dominate because... All AMD does is they send out these parts at, that are designed to work well in specific benchmarks. For those who are not currently up to date about user benchmarks, um, they're not even a paid shill. They're just like a shill. Like they're a fanboy's fanboy. Uh, and, and I live of like all the tech reviewers, I live closest to the Intel campus. Like I'm only 40 minutes from campus, from their fab facility. Like if anyone was going to be a homer, it'd probably be me. Um, <laughs> but all I ever want is to 
be able to test out the best product possible from everyone possible. Because when competition is high, the end result is we win as consumers. We get better parts. We get better things. Um, and and the price of those things goes down. That's consumerism 101. Supply and demand 101. When something is in demand and it's a good quality, the price will be driven down uh, because of scale and, and everything else. So the fact that user benchmarks can't stomach the fact that AMD is possibly putting out a good CPU, it just boggles my mind. Like, why wouldn't you want this to be a good part? Even according to your own testing suite, it's a good product <laughs> available at a good price. Why would you want it to fail? <laughs> I'd, I'd see things from their point of view, but I can't get my head that far up my own ass. Um, <laughs> Uh, wasn't aware of user benchmarks, then uh, found it was trying to tell me that the NVIDIA 3600 would outperform a 6800 XT. Yeah, never looked at it again. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. I, uh, I just don't understand. Oh, and by the way, they're saying that uh, AMD 7600X is only the 53rd fastest CPU they've ever benchmarked as far as like single-threaded performance. Uh, with the top 52 being nothing but Intel dating back to, like, Sandy Bridge. Like, that's how skewed their benchmarks are. Uh, but when you hear the statement uh, from user benchmarks that they wrote up about this, um, uh, let's see. Where do I even start with this? Because I don't want to read the whole thing verbatim. Um, oh, you don't want to? I mean, it's gold. It's gold. <laughs> the whole thing is gold. Uh, literally within minutes... Uh, fine, I'll just read the whole thing because it's great. <laughs> literally within minutes of this unrealistic pre-release result appearing on user benchmark, AMD's marketing machinery declared a 20% victory over the 12900K whilst simultaneously slandering user benchmarks via hundreds of news outlets and thousands of supposedly disinterested Twitter, Reddit, forum, and U YouTube accounts. Buying new AMD products is like buying a used car. It takes time, experience, and a taste for sales hype. It's difficult for consumers to make rational choices because AMD completely dominates news and social media channels. 10 years ago, when AMD was the extreme underdog, extreme marketing was understandable. Today, with a capitalization of 150 billion USD, it's disrespectful for AMD as own prospective users, even with Intel's marketing department asleep at the wheel. If these practices continue, Ryzen may eventually end up in the same state as Radeon. Following a series of overhyped releases, consumers have little interest in the Radeon brand. The combined market share for all of AMD's RX 5000 and 6000 GPUs uh, via June's 2022 uh, Steam hardware survey is just 2%. Meanwhile, NVIDIA's RTX 2060 alone accounts for 5% of all active accounts. If Zen 4 actually delivers anywhere near a 57% real-world single-core uplift, we will bow down, call AMD king, and commit seppuku. 
Uh, more likely, AMD's new architecture is once again optimized to shine in specific benchmarks. And then they go on to call them a Neanderthal marketing department and everything else. Uh, Michelle sends over ten dollars. Michaela. Michaela. Sorry, Michaela. Well, spell it right. No, I'm it's got to be Michaela, right? I don't know. <laughs> Michaela. I, I I saw Michelle, and then I went, ah. Uh, sorry. No, Michaela. You're probably right. Uh, sends over ten dollars. Uh, from PC Tech Hustle's wife. Well, thank you, Michaela. That is much appreciated. By the way, that reminded me to go back and look at what ranch water was. Oh, gosh. And uh, it's uh, Topo Chico tequila and lime juice, which actually sounds like... That sounds, sounds wonderful. Good. Yeah. What is up with this like Topo Chico revival lately? Seriously. Like, like, like nothing I, for 20 years, and then all of a sudden it's in half of the new cocktails that I'm hearing about. Right? Isn't that like, <laughs> it's not just me, right? Like, no. I swear to God, like, I've only ever seen it, like, at the grocery store occasionally. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden this summer, people are like, do you drink Double Chico? <laughs> right. Little tequila, little lime juice, bam. Ranch yeah. water, baby. I mean, I'm down now that I know what it is. But Which when makes I... sense when he calls it ranch water. It's like cowboy water. Right. Right, but the immediate like picture of like ranch water, like you said, is either like, did you go out and dig a well in Nebraska? <laughs> like, like I'm 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 not getting the connection right away. Either that or it's you know, Cool Ranch Dorito water, like Taco Bell's new menu item. Well, you know, like <laughs> when you go to use mustard and you didn't shake the bottle and you just get like a like a wet flop of like mustard water that's I, ranch water okay okay yeah no it's when you leave the ranch at the bottom of the cooler instead of on top of the ice <laughs> you, ever, you ever go camping and you like open that bottle of ranch and it just kind of goes you know all the water spills out from the top oh yeah ranch water yum uh, now that I know what it is PC Tech Hustle uh, I will say it does sound delicious um, yeah it does Although I've said many times, I'm not a fan of like straight up tequila, uh, mainly because of there's not a lot of variety and tequila is bound by a a very stringent set of rules to be able to call yourself tequila. But I am a fan of agave spirits and mezcal and things like that. So swap out that with like a good gold mezcal or something. Mm, I, I am totally in. Watered down ranch is exactly what I thought. Like, Right, I'm not alone in that. Thank you. Well, the, and then first time I they know, make like, like ranch powder that you can turn into a dip. Yeah. Do I just like dilute it a lot? And I was like, is this one of those like healthcare fads? Like, I feel like I've heard something like you know, like it's like something Gwyneth Paltrow would push on her, like TikTok. And everyone's like, you got to try ranch water, dude. In between her opal stone insertions. Right. Exactly. Though, like it sounds like. By the way, don't look that trends. up if you don't know what that is. It's exactly what it sounds like, but don't look it up. Jeff, just share the link in the chat. <laughs> I don't think I can share that one. Ugh. Man. <laughs> like, I, there was a craze, right? Was it ranch water or like something like sour cream water or something? Sour cream water? Something, man. I saw it on TikTok. Oh, TikTok never lies about the latest craze. I'm not saying they didn't lie. Well, while you TikTok yourself to death, I'm going to move on to the next story, which I do find honestly a little bit frightening. Um, 
So yeah. this is on businessinsider.com. Um, and antitrust researchers claim that Amazon's latest company purchase, for those who haven't heard, Amazon purchased Roomba, makers of the robot vacuum, which famously maps your house to figure out how to navigate it. Um, antitrust researchers and data privacy experts say it's probably the most dangerous and threatening acquisition in Amazon's history. And I am one to agree with that assessment. Um, we already know how wide sweeping and how large of a net that both Google, Microsoft, I said both, but Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, have on all of our lives, whether we have accounts with them and use their services or not, they still know exactly who you are as a consumer and will deliver ads to you. Um, but the fact that Google does street view cameras everywhere, I think that's a great service. I think that's, that's an awesome thing to have available. You have historical data of what something looked like at a certain point in time. You have, uh, the best mapping that we have ever had on the planet. Uh, and it's all available at the touch of a button. Um, when it comes to inside your walls, though, like once I close the door in my house, I don't have an Alexa. I don't have Siri. I don't have OK Google. Hey, look, my cell phone didn't activate. I don't have any. Shoot, you got mine to go, though. Yeah, Dang got, it. Yes. Jeff, come on. Uh, okay, Google, Gwyneth Paltrow, Opal Stone. It's <laughs> hey, 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 oh, come on. I didn't want to see that. Dang it. Um, anyway, I don't have any smart device items at all. I don't have smart lights. I don't have smart switches. Um, I, I've been looking for a solution to non-smart home items for years, as far as locally hosted, locally serviced, um, no internet connection required because I want the service to run on my own terms. And it seems like if I want to do that, I have to go back to the 1980s, maybe hit up LGR for his ISA smart home controller. Uh, there's really nothing that exists. Um, even uh, uh, Home Assistant and Home.io, uh, which are two of the leading... Um, self-hosted home automation providers out there or, or software services out there is a lot of them still rely on internet connected services to connect you to Google for, for scheduling or Amazon for calendar use or, or whatever voice recognition software you want to run. They still require that cloud connection. And I don't want any of that. I'd like to set the schedule for my lights as far as like, if I turn a light on at a certain time of day, I'd like it to come on at a certain brightness. Um, I My eyes are fairly sensitive to light a lot of times. I don't want to turn on a lamp in the middle of the night and have it, you know, be 10,000 lumens. I'd like it to be like 30 lumens, just enough to walk across the room. Uh, like things like that would be really cool, but yeah. it seems impossible. But that's a side rant to Amazon purchasing Roomba and having Roomba be a connected device, which Roomba is a connected device, but now who gets to hold on to that mapping technology of your house? Yeah. I mean, I hate anything like this, 
But something to consider is that somebody already has a map of your house. You carry around your phone in your pocket all day. You walk around your house. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you could create a map of anybody's house from the composite pictures on Zillow or Bluefin or Bluefin, Redfin, um, and you know websites like that. I mean, it's. I don't want anybody to have that data from my robot vacuum cleaner. I bought a robot vacuum cleaner to have less things to worry about. Yeah. But they already have it. Like they already have the data. Yeah. They got it from my phone. They got it from the Zillow pictures. They've got it from. Yep. Whatever. I don't know. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like measuring like the way your voice sounds when you're like hey alexa you know and audio 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 reflection can be used to map spaces it's freaky when you get into that level of audio engineering you see what they can do like what an amateur can do with just some tools like and a camera yeah like there's no doubt that they're already doing that with their voice activated assistants and things like that so like i the only thing I disagree with this is like the alarmist thing. If it gets more people to pay attention to the way that their data is being harvested and used mm-hmm. against them, then great. But I do disagree with the sentiment that this is like, this is what we finally need to worry about with Amazon. I mean, they have been doing crappy, shady <laughs> business things for 30 years. Right. Like, you want to... I mean, this isn't like a huge breach of privacy or whatever, so maybe it doesn't register. But if we would have stopped them back then, we wouldn't have to worry about it. But when they were selling books back in the 90s, they would buy books from the distributors and they found out that like the distributors didn't want to ship books unless you bought 10 books. Then the shipping Mm -hmm. costs sort of washed out and they could make their own profit. Right. They found out that if they ordered the one book that a customer wanted and nine books that were out of print, they would ship the order with one book. Amazon built their empire by exploiting a technical loophole in a book distributor's website. Yep. Like, I don't know. Yep. We should have stopped him a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- th- Go there's... back in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, we missed a super chat. Funky Monk is in chat. Woo! Yeah. Uh, not only is he in chat, he's uh, one of my Discord moderators. So welcome to the live show, uh, yeah. my, my friend from across the pond. We've got to be like, are we in the same time zone? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah, I, I know where yeah. he's at right now. And yes, we, we are. are in the same time zone. So... Welcome to the one true time, Funky Monk. <laughs> West Coast, Best Coast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, welcome to the show. And and by the way, a huge shout out to my other mods that work the YouTube uh, show on the regular, Skull and Rev. Uh, you've probably seen them in chat quite a bit. Uh, they do a freaking amazing job every single week. Yeah. And they hardly ask for any beer at all. It's amazing. Uh, it is impressive. So, restraint. So, yeah. I just want to give all of my mods a very quick shout out. So, yeah, thank you. Guys. Our mods are all great. And then Funky Monk himself, he's the reason, too, that you can listen to this wherever you get your podcasts come Thursday morning. 
Um, Yes, Funky Monk is our resident podcast monkey. In fact, he has a unique uh, group identifier on the Discord (laughs) server because he built the the automated bot that uh, scrapes my audio off of here and sends it out to all of the podcast hosting sites. And so if you listen to to this on the podcast, Funky Monk is the brainchild behind that. So again, huge thanks to Funky Monk and the rest of the mod team. All right, well. I, I do kind of see your point of view when it comes to this is not I mean, the hey, most egregious thing or the most dangerous sound thing. Sound the alarm. You know what right. I'm saying? Sound it. But it, don't let anybody trick you into thinking that this sound is the first time Sound this as an additional alarm, yeah, not the exactly. only alarm. <laughs> right, yeah. That's you the know, point. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, now we have to be worried about big tech, just them doing what they've been doing for years. Yeah. <laughs> They already captured every other square foot of the globe. Now they want to open your front door. It's like, they're already inside the house. Just come on in, add it to the list. They are, man. It's like, what's that's what sucks. Like, it's great about Zillow that you can look at houses and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's also super crummy that, and for somebody who's crafty, you could get scale and you could get measures and you could do all this sort of stuff and figure out, layout of a person's house from Zillow. And I'm yeah. 99% sure that a company has already done that. Like they've scraped Zillow and they've mapped your house. Why wouldn't they have done that? Yeah. Like. Yeah. You, you like want a ranch we- style? Really simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Split level, a little more complicated, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not undoable. Add yeah. to that the audio data that they're recording, as well as the, all the pictures that you take around your house, and everything. like they've got the data. Well, that's exactly right. Like they could at, probably I, I photogrammetry think... it together from pictures you've taken of your kids. That's exactly like, what yeah. I was thinking. Is actually like with Facebook, like they have all these photos, and you're like, look at this throughout the ages. Like they definitely have a layout of your freaking house, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, see, and everybody's talking about website listings and house ads. It's like, yeah, they don't need Roomba to do this. That's like, true. Roomba gives you a one-to-one scale map of the layout of your house, though. Um, and, and it gives you, like, scheduling data that, scheduling, that you might not otherwise have. Ex- like, there's got to be something valuable there. Well, but. let's be real. Uh, a lot of... A lot of these companies have your scheduling data anyway. They know when you're active. They see you when you're sleeping. Like maybe the- <laughs> it's been a little maybe it's been a little harder with uh like work from home and they're like the Roomba will be perfect. They're right. definitely doing that when they're going for their walk and leaving their phone behind or something, you know. Like- right, right. Yeah, it's the missing piece of Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what this person was doing for this 45 minutes and now we have it figured out. We've nailed it finally. Yeah. Not only that, but they've like figured out where you throw that's what they're really after they want to know where you throw your dirty socks at the end of the day the Roomba comes in is like dirty sock no go around oh god yeah (laughs) yeah now that i'm really thinking about it there's a lot more data here than just mapping your house right they're they're gonna they're gonna start selling Roombas with like sensors that detect like the type of shit it's picking up off the floor and it's gonna be like oh wow they i don't know you know (laughs) 
<laughs> um, someone mentioned a couple of times, Kren mentioned it once here, and looks like Zertmaster might have mentioned it earlier, about Ubiquity bringing smart home products to the market. Um, Ubiquity tried that years ago. Uh, they actually had smart outlets, smart light switches, and uh, they do still, in enterprise scale, sell smart light panels for grid ceilings, for drop, drop grid ceilings. Um, that will integrate into Unify's controller. Um, they didn't sell very well, uh, and I don't know why. They seemed like a good product. They were a lot less expensive than a lot of the connected devices that you see today. Um, we're talking like, I think like $80 for like a six port uh, power strip that each of the outlets was individually controlled on. It was something like $75 or $100 for a light switch. Uh, it was like $100 for a duplex wall outlet, um, which when you think of home scale automation and, and even enterprise automation, those are actually fairly affordable prices, um, especially considering it just ties into your Unify software. There's no additional software set up to run it. Um, but no, Unify actually did have automation devices uh, maybe even 10 years ago, but they folded that that wing of their business. Uh, they still do produce the LED panels, which will, which will uh, they're really cool panels actually. They uh, are powered over PoE. And so you run ethernet cables to get lighting where you would normally have a fluorescent light ballast. Uh, Interesting. Uh, it's a super cool system. Um, but yeah, it, they just never took off for some reason. So who knows? Uh, yeah, Intel uh, says they're taking Arc Pro. Uh, Intel announces its Arc Pro A-series GPUs, which are small form factor meant for workstations and professional grade hardware. Um, so very reminiscent of a lot of NVIDIA and AMD's small form factor enterprise cards uh, meant to bring some higher end features down to a smaller form factor with a lot less power. Um, so if you needed, uh, you know, NVIDIA NVINC encoding, uh, rather than going out and buying a GTX 1650, you could buy like uh, a T400. Uh, for a lower price in a smaller form factor card that was meant to slip into a small form factor business PC. Uh, well, Intel is bringing ARC GPUs to start competing with that market. Uh, and the offerings are actually pretty interesting. Uh, they're offering three different models at launch, one of them being a mobile variant for embedded systems, and then two, which will be PCI Express expansion cards. Uh, these are equal in performance, no, sorry, lower performance than either the A770 or the A380. So don't think like they're bringing their big silicon down to a smaller form factor and selling it to enterprise for same or less money. It's not the way it works. Um, but moderately reasonable specs in here, a good amount of dedicated video memory. So if you have something like a CAD workstation, which is actually fairly common for... Um, I'm thinking colleges and and labs of of developers and things like that. Uh, six gigabytes of GDDR6 in both of their PCI Express variants. Uh, 
These cards start at 50 watts of power, with the highest one being 75 watt power, and the mobile variant being 35 to 50 watts of peak power, depending on laptop specs. Uh, but also, all three of these cards will support AV1 hardware acceleration. So even if you're not necessarily wanting this as a discrete GPU for your workstation, if you are a content creator, and or a streamer and you want to start streaming in AV1, this might be a low cost solution to get into AV1 encoded streaming. Uh, Intel's the only one on the market right now with AV1 hardware acceleration, uh, both encode and decode. Uh, I believe AMD has decode but not encode and Nvidia hasn't released anything on it so far. And you don't even want to know what it takes to do software encode. Like if you have to ask, you can't support it. Um, but AV1, uh, Epos Fox did a fantastic breakdown on AV1 encoding recently with the A380 GPU. So, uh, if you're interested at all in that, in streaming technology and things like that, go give Epos Fox a quick look. Um, but AV1 is definitely something that I'm excited about, and it's really cool to see what could be fairly low cost cards. We're talking 100 to 150 dollars with six gigs of GDDR6 and AV1 encoding on board. You know what else is cool? Today's video sponsor. That was good. Thank you. Uh, today's video is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, time, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it will run on Linode. That includes most of the software from tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, except for AV1 encoding, actually, they probably will do that, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do use Linode to keep a back... Blah. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode was also the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. Last year, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates remained at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing for a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and again, a huge thanks to Linode for making this episode possible. Cheers, Linode. We can drink for another week. With Linode... Don't do it. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I just like this trend. <laughs> <sighs> Flawless transition. <laughs> uh, will be good for light 1080p video editing too. Yes, um, because I believe their new AV1 encoder, uh, I need to double check, but I believe their new GPUs also do quick sync, which pretty much any nonlinear video editor like Premiere and, and things like that, uh, DaVinci, have support for quick sync encoding as well. Uh, so yeah, for a light end 1080p, maybe even a, four, a light end 4K video editor. Uh, six gigs of GDDR6 is not a small amount. 
uh, especially for like a small form factor PC or a, a lighter use PC. Um, if you're making quick, you know, shorter videos or short form content, these could definitely be a fantastic option to keep an eye on. I don't necessarily know about their gaming chops, uh, so I'm, I'm not ready to like tell you to throw your, you know, RTX 2060 out the window and, and switch over to Intel. No, uh, but for encoding your streams, this may be more efficient than NVE and C on your NVIDIA cards or more efficient than Intel's QuickSync on their CPUs. So definitely something to keep an eye on over the next couple of months as the cards are made readily available and support for that encoding expands. Uh, speaking of Intel and kind of sticking with them, uh, some of the early results from Intel's ARC GPUs have shown pretty decent performance when it comes to DirectX 12 titles, DirectX 12 and Vulkan. Uh, what's been a steaming pile of crap has been their DirectX 11 and any legacy API gaming uh, service. So think of, you know, every game before 2019. <laughs> uh, it hasn't been a great showing for Intel uh, in, in some early tests. Uh, and again, if you're interested in this, go check out Linus Tech Tips. He actually met with a couple of the engineers behind Intel Arc and discussed some of these issues on a couple of different episodes. So those are definitely worth a click. Um, but the really interesting thing here is the fact that Intel Arc as a whole, as a consumer product, the future of it is kind of up in the air right now. Like there's rumors that it's outright canceled and yet they're still talking about, don't worry, improvements for DirectX 11 and legacy APIs are definitely still coming down the pipe for the two GPUs that you may never be able to buy. <laughs> like it's so, this is such a weird position for Intel to be in. It's like either confirm that you're still working on it or confirm that you've killed it. Uh, because I think people were getting so excited about the prospect of a third player because of the almost two year long GPU shortage, thanks to COVID and these unprecedented times and everything else. And so it's like, well, you know, no one's going to buy the Intel GPU when it launches, but at least it's a GPU that you can buy. So I'll probably buy it. Like that might've been the mindset of people who were getting amped up for, you know, a third player in the market. And again, I will root for any product that comes onto the market because competition is good for all of us. If Intel delivers a good product, that will force AMD and NVIDIA to up their game as well to make sure that they either maintain their lead or, uh, you know, lower prices to compete or whatever else. Like that, that's what happens when these giant companies compete. They don't care about your fandom. <laughs> they want your money. And the best way to get your money is to make competing products. Um, Anyway, uh, it's a little weird because I would hate to be working on getting DirectX 11 APIs sorted and the performance pipeline kind of narrowed down and, and get driver optimizations out there for, for these older, older APIs and looking over my shoulder going like, they've already talked about like killing the enterprise sector. Are they going to kill the consumer yeah. sector too? I don't know. Like... It is so up in the air, especially with the entire Optane memory division being killed. Um, I, I don't know what's going on at, at Intel right now when it comes to 
product lineups, when it comes to divisions of the company that are still around or not around or going away or rumored to be going away. It's just weird. It's just so weird. Um, but the good news is if Intel does end up producing ARC GPUs that they do release to consumers, not just to OEMs, uh, they are well aware of the API limitations of these new ARC cards, but you start with the newest API and you work your way backwards. Because remember, NVIDIA and AMD both have 25 plus years of GPU architecture leading up to this point. Uh, Intel doesn't. <laughs> Uh, outside of their very limited and very low power integrated graphics solutions. Uh, so it's it's not fair of us as consumers to demand like a competing product right out of the bat with no bugs at all. First generation Ryzen was buggy as all hell, and but it was still a welcome addition to the market because it still provided some features that Intel wasn't giving us as the only other player in the CPU space. If Intel can deliver some pretty powerful like $100 graphics cards, $150 graphics cards, and compete even yeah. at the low end, that will help bring down some of the pricing, especially in the low end, because we're starting to not see $200 GPUs anymore, like, and, and even CPUs. Remember last generation, the GTX 1650 was the lowest tier GPU that NVIDIA made, and it was like $179 versus just two generations ago, we got the GTX 1050 for $129. No, sorry, $119. And then the TI, which was four gigs of RAM for $140. That GPU tier really doesn't exist in the in the modern stack. Yeah. And well, like it doesn't I said, need to. So well, apparently not, but it should, but it yeah, should. like it doesn't need to based on yeah. the market that's supporting it right now. So yeah. That's where Intel could help. They definitely could. And if they compete in a higher tier, more power to them as well. Because again, the more competition there is in the marketplace, the more consumers will win. So, but yeah, DirectX 11 set to see some improvements on Intel's latest drivers. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, it is past seven o'clock. I think it's time for me to open another brew uh are you opening another another amber top or are you uh oh uh, i mean what happens if i open a white claw <laughs> am i the first no you're not the first john and i oh, actually did we do white claws or did we do we did something john and i have done a couple seltzers on some talking heads and so you wouldn't be the first in that regard um if you open a kirkland seltzer you might be like dropping the bar one level lower I'm not First sure. of all, Kirkland brand, everything is great, okay? I, I, Kirkland, I, I misspoke. The Kirkland seltzers are actually not terrible. Kirkland brand light beer is like a little bit above Coors Light. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a low bar, but okay. There's even like a Kirkland brand <laughs> IPA that's not that bad. I've had the IPA. It's definitely not bad. I've had their whiskey before. The whiskey's pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, everything. It's fine, man. I'm wearing Kirkland brand underpants right now. Yeah. That's, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Sorry, didn't didn't mean to offend the other mothership in our lives. Oh, yeah, well. Well, I am going to open a White Claw because it's hot. You do that. You do that. Um, I think I'm going to go delicious. for the Craftwell Cocktails Strawberry Margarita. 
which is a 10.5% canned cocktail. It's like barely a step above a white claw. Right. It's funny, this is the second red beer that I've poured tonight. Like the other one was starkly red in color as well. This one's this one's neon, it's so red. Mine comes in a can. <laughs> Smells like blackberry. Blackberry white claw. Mm, a little sweeter than most blackberries I've had. But for only two carbs. I, I love that you're owning the review, by the way. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a little crisp. And I think I would be unsettled by the uh, the clear coloring of the beverage if I poured it into a glass. So I like to keep it in a can. I certainly was. I, I had to leave them <laughs> in the can. And uh, I think if I had drank this fresh out of the fridge, I'd be having a little bit better of a time. But it is gluten-free, two carbs, 100 calories, and uh, clock's in at 5%. So a good daily drinker right here. Yeah. It's what we call a lawnmower beer. <laughs> yeah. Something of a session, if you will. Or if you've been to any sporting <laughs> event and taken the bus there, you know they're like just slamming them on the bus on the way there. Um, the last football game that I attended was down at the University of Oregon. And uh, uh, there was someone with... I, I swear, like a 40 White Claw. I didn't know they sold them that big, but it was this giant like pineapple White Claw. Skinny little white girl just slamming this thing on nice. the public bus on the way to get there. Ain't no laws, apparently. Uh, somebody says too much sugar in those drinks. And um, there's really not, I mean, there's- I think he was talking drinks. about mine. Oh. Okay, I was about to go to war for White Claw, so thank God you stopped me. No, there's nothing in White Claw other than, you know, a little ether alcohol. Yeah. Um, so, this is a wine-based cocktail, by the way. Um, yeah, they've, I've been seeing a lot more of those out lately. Like mm -hmm. a fortified wine mocktail type right, thing. Right, right. But they're good. These ones like, I've, I've had like a... I've genuinely had like a, impressed. Yeah. I've had like a whiskey approximation. It's like a fortified wine whiskey bootleg. Yeah. And it's actually like not that bad for like half the price of a fifth of, you know, like black velvet or something like that. Like it's comparable to like that quality. Okay. Like not super high, but like. I don't know. know that you've sold me on it being as good as black velvet. Well, look, like you like Seven Crown, right? Like, I I do like my my Crown. I do like my Seagram Sevens, right? And so I put Black Velvet a little bit below that. So as do like, I. And this is and this is like these fake fortified wine whiskey drinks. They were like a step below Black Velvet. Okay. Okay. But they were like eight bucks for a fifth or something, you know. And they you know, were I, like I paid twelve for that benchmark whiskey. Right, there you go. So. Benchmark were, number eight, because we can't call it old number seven. Yeah, and they were only like 25% or whatever, but still. Mm -hmm. No, um, this one is definitely sweeter than the, uh, the pineapple margarita uh, from them. Definitely a little bit too sweet for me, but 
it definitely does not taste like 10.5%. This is a can that can get you into a lot of trouble very quickly. I want to be clear about that. So yours is unrated on Untapped, but mine's a 3.41. <laughs> I want to know how the White Claw falls just one-tenth below Wild Little Thing from Sierra Nevada. That's what... This was a 3.53. You, the problem is, is that people knock on them just to knock on them. Like, these are fine. If I think it, they're like, fine. I, I don't think they're a beer. And No, they aren't. No, the, the one reason I like these, and I've been, having a, I've been having a couple more of them lately, is because when I'm in the mood for a drink, like... Sometimes a beer is going to make me feel too full. Yeah. And I want to have a drink That's without true. being too full. That's true. And I could have one of these and it has like, it's like a net zero impact on my fullness. Yeah. Like you and I both, we slam water like no one else. So yeah, exactly. So, you know, add a little alcohol to it, make right. it bubbly, and you're good to go. <laughs> right. I'm down. I mean, sometimes I'll just drink sparkling water. So I do that all the time. So, yeah, might as well make it. <laughs> I mean, a freaking ranch water, Topo Chico with some tequila and lime, that's basically a white claw. <laughs> uh, just top it with some sparkling water, you're off and running. <laughs> oh, man. $18 super chat from Funky Monk himself. Uh, beer got, let's see which wins. The Voodoo Ranger or my 24 plus hours of being awake. Um, I don't know. Voodoo Ranger is like, pretty solid. I love I mean, the Voodoo it, Ranger. Yeah, it, it's a pretty solid IPA. So, uh, you know, it'll either wake you up or, or put you down. So... Depends on your uh, your fortitude for staying awake. Um, I was talking to Ray. I had an awful, awful Sunday through Monday. Uh, so I didn't talk about this at all. I think I mentioned on the Discord that I lost power Monday night. Um, but uh, I, I'm someone who gets migraines and cluster headaches. Uh, cluster headaches, not very often. And that's like a two to three times a year kind of thing. Uh, where I'm just laid out for two or three days and please, sweet death, embrace me. Oh, my camera just oh, turned there off. There it did. It right. just grabbed you and took you. That was weird. Oh. Press hopefully. F in the chat, boys. Hopefully it'll, there it is. Okay. I've never had that camera <laughs> turn off before. That's, oh. what in the world is going on? Yeah. The white Interesting. gods have, yeah. I can hear you. Yeah. I know you fine. can hear me. Let's do the rest um, of the show like this. This is excellent. I think I'm going to have to switch to uh, my anchor camera. There we no. go. Hold on. Let's get me in there. No, there you're covering go. me up now. I know. Wait. This was set up for a very specific camera, okay? There we go. All right. I'm All right. back. We're back. I'm back, baby. Um, anyway, so Sunday night I wound up with a, a pretty gnarly or yeah, wound up with, sorry. Wound up with a pretty gnarly migraine and uh, went to bed, woke up like 
five in the morning, Monday morning, couldn't get back to sleep, uh, too much pain, too much light sensitivity, everything else. Just like, ugh, I, I'm out. Luckily, Rhett called and said, like, hey, does your head hurt? And I'm like, yeah, does yours? And he goes, yeah. I said, F it, we're not doing anything today. And we both went back to bed. Um, but uh, anyway, so I was awake all day Monday, and, but just with, like, this splitting headache. Um, and uh, I tried to go to sleep Saturday or Monday night. Couldn't fall asleep Monday night. Again, still from the pain. Ended up uh, uh, taking like three Excedrin and a couple of sleeping pills and just like, I need to go to sleep. Um, did that at nine o'clock. At 10 o'clock, we lost power. Um, now, normally in most houses, it's like, oh, we lost power. Cool. I can really go to sleep now. Like, I don't have the hum of the air conditioner to bug me <laughs> or the fans going or anything else. Um no, in my house, we have sump pumps, and uh, they are on battery backup, but the battery only lasts about an hour. So I have to haul out my 7,800 kilowatt or 7,800 watt generator um, out onto my deck and run extension cords down into my basement to make sure the sump pumps stay operational. Um, so get all that rolled out. Um, finally get everything done. Go to check on the... So I have three sump pumps, by the way. Uh, there's one in a catch tank underneath my deck. There's another one directly below, about eight feet below that. And then on the opposite side of the house, actually right behind my office wall here, is is one that's dug about eight feet or so down below my foundation. Um, and those are just to keep underground streams from reclaiming my property. Uh I went and got this last one plugged in, only the sump didn't turn on, and there's six feet of water in that tube. Uh, normally, it, it's dry all the way to the bottom, and you know, you'll get like two or three inches, and the sump just kind of takes care of it. There was six feet of water directly behind this wall. Um, and I went, oh, crap. Um, and so uh, it was at like one in the morning that I discovered that the water level was that high and the, and the sump was dead. Um, and so now I'm going, I don't know when the sump died. Did it collect that much water over the course of like three months or over the course of the two hours that we haven't had power? Uh, if this floods, there's nothing I can do to stop it. Oh, wait, I have a third that's in a catch can. Maybe I'll go just take that sump out because we're in the middle of summer. It's not going to collect any water from my, my driveway or anything like that. Let's just go take that sump pump out. Well, sump pumps have what's called a check valve. So it uh, draws in water from the bottom and pushes it up a PVC pipe, usually. Um, there's a check valve on it. So when the sump pump turns off, the water just doesn't come rushing back down the pipe. Uh, well, the... the check valve on that sump pump had failed. And so when I disconnected the sump pump from it, uh, a metric crap ton of water, I think is the most accurate description that I can think of, uh, came rushing back into the pipe that I was holding and filled the catch can that the sump pump was in, which means the sump pump then activated because the float raised up and powered that water back the other direction. And the end result was me laying on my stomach on my deck, reaching down into this catch tank and getting literally soaked from my waist to my head in dirty, old, disgusting 
water at like two in the morning. Yeah. Speaking of fungal infection. Right. Speaking of things growing in my lungs, like (laughs) it was nice knowing you all. Um, So I'm like ranch water. (laughs) That's what ranch water is. Okay. Um, Not an imperial crap ton. No, it was a metric crap ton. Um, So... So sleeping pill or no sleeping pill, I'm not going to bed. I, I I walk back into the house and I'm I'm literally like waist to my head. Like my legs were completely dry because they were shielded by the deck, but everything else is just soaked. And uh, went in, took a shower, but now I'm still terrified that that sump that is not working uh, is not going to keep up and it's going to flood my basement again. Um, luckily that didn't happen. Uh, that was, uh, the sump likely failed a while ago. I checked the alarm system, uh, cause we have a high water alarm system as well. Uh, the alarm system wires were chewed through by rodents. So the alarm system was inoperable. So I got to go fix all of that, uh, on Tuesday when most people were waking up, but I went sunset, sundown, power outage, soaked with water, sun up, uh, all still with a migraine, mind you, uh, to um, finally got that all back up and running and plugged in and whatnot at like 10 in the morning. I told Rhett, come on over, let's shoot a video. And so Rhett comes, a video. And so Rhett comes over, we shot a video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from like one to four, we, we, we got a video shot and uh, I went, all right, I'm going to go to bed now. And so I took sleeping pills at five o'clock yesterday and I slept until nine this morning. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been an interesting week. Sounds groovy. Yeah. What? Rhett's not on call at two in the morning. Um, Not yet. I I, I haven't worked out the on-call pay rate yet. So, yeah, there's a huge shift differential. Yeah. Uh, Flooding, would the channel become raft computing? Um, It already was once, and I really don't want to relive that. Uh, I've put in a number of safety measures, but apparently they even weren't enough. So I've got to rejigger out some new safety measures to make sure that even more things don't go wrong that could go wrong under the house with water and sumps and high water alarms and all that kind of thing. Uh, the alarms on the sump pumps that were working were still operative. I did test those. They checked out just fine. It's just the one that had failed. Sensor. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yay. Sounds horrible. You joke, but us on call IT people, we need sleep too. I know. I lived that life for 13 years. See, I had a migraine, but I just slept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually I can sleep through them. For some reason with this particular one, I couldn't. Um, oh, and then last night, thunderstorms decided to roll through our area. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, as well as a red flag warning. Because in Oregon, what most people call drought, we just call summer. We will go <laughs> four months without rain in the state for a state known for raining every day. And... It's completely normal because that's just June through September for us. Um, and so during the summer, we actually get very dry 
And it's not until like August and September that the land actually starts drying out and plants get a little bit yellowed and whatnot. I still had green grass and still have patches of green grass this week. We haven't seen rain since June 10th, something like that. Um, but uh, anyway, we got both a severe thunderstorm warning and sheet lightning, the likes of which I've only seen once in this state and again in Texas. Um, and uh, at a red flag warning for 35 mile an hour gusts, which will carry a wildfire just about anywhere. Yeah. So, yay. <laughs> yeah, there was like a legendary amount of lightning strikes all over the state, they said. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was awesome, like watching that roll in. <laughs> I had a big giant metal pole up in the air, cleaning my pool, and just thunder and lightning started striking. And I was like, oh, God, I should probably put this big metal pole away. <laughs> yep. Just trying to be outside and enjoying the, like, shifting weather and the storm. And Next thing you know, Rhett's a Thundercat. Yeah, Thundercats! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what happens when lightning strikes your pool skimmer. No, 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 no. But I don't know. Maybe next time it give me better odds winning the Mega Millions. Yeah. I mean, you go in expecting Jason Momoa, you end up with Amber Heard. It's just like... <laughs> happens. No one? No one with the Aquaman reference? Come on. I haven't seen it. <sighs> that was Sorry. a good joke. That was a really good joke. I'll trust you. All right. Uh, John Jay reminded me. I have some beer mail. I actually have two beer mail this week. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so, John Jay's a boss, so I know he wrote my name on a couple of them. Actually, I think he did. Yeah, finally. Uh, we're going to open not John Jay's first, because it technically arrived first. So, uh, I don't remember where this is from, and there's actually no name on the postage label. Um, but I know they did mention that they were sending out something about two weeks ago, uh, in this show. So, uh, if you are that person and you did send me something, uh, I want to say this was from Michigan, but I don't remember. Um, thank you. So here we go. I could probably deduce where they're from, from the newspaper inside. Oh, clever. Yeah. But see, a smart man would know you would try, would put in newspaper from a neighboring state. Right. Or, you know, uh, I love buying something on eBay and getting like Japanese newspapers as packing material. It's it's so much fun. Or fun than bubble wrap. Yeah. Sorry, there was a name on this paper and it made me question reality. There we go. Uh, the B Extra is the name of the newspaper. The Newtown B, Connecticut. I'm guessing Connecticut. All right, so we have, oh, hey, wait, there's a letter. Wait, the B, I, I, the first thing I get is a Portland newspaper. Uh, I got the Newtown B when I Weird. searched for the B extra. Uh, I got 
Portland's hundred-year-old neighborhood newspaper. Yeah. Uh, Newtown, Connecticut. I win. Nice try. Nobody can actually read that from here. Probably just making it up. Rent card on request. Newtown. Uh, Rhett, can you look up the 203 area code for me? Tell me where that's at. I bet it's in Newtown, Connecticut. Nothing else has ever happened in Newtown, Connecticut. <laughs> Dear Jeff, I hope this package finds you well. This is Mike D from Montreal, Quebec. Uh, I'm not on the Discord, but I have super chatted a few times. Uh, first off, thank you for everything you've done to create an amazing community. Your videos have helped with setting up my first NAS and Windows deployment server. That is awesome. Uh, I never miss an episode of Talking Heads, albeit in podcast form. Now with the new time slot, it should be easier to catch them live. Listening to you, John, Rhett, and Steve talk about tech and beer makes my week complete. Well, thank you. That's always freaking awesome. I uh, wanted to share with you some beers of my home province. I have yet to taste Oregonian beer, so I can't compare, but I quite like the craft beer scene that sprung up here. I'm sharing with you two Imperial Stouts and two IPAs. I've shipped them to my boss's place in Sandy Hook, Connecticut, so they have a much better chance of making them to you. Uh, the labels of the cans are all in French, but if you're interested, I can send you a translation. Apologies, I don't have time to write it up now. <laughs> Uh, if you could nice, send me a cool. message after you've received this package so I know it arrives safely. Uh, I hope you enjoy these beers as a small token of my thanks for your awesome content. Please let me know what you think of them as I'm quite curious to how they compare with beers you're used to. Cheers, Mike. Cheers, Quebec beers. Mike. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. So I'm from Quebec. I like it. So from Quebec to Connecticut to Oregon. Uh, yeah, let's let's see what we got in here. I like it. Uh oh wow. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh speaking of canned cocktails, of which I am enjoying the fabulous uh strawberry margarita from Craftwell Cocktails right now. This is an old-fashioned imperial orange bourbon uh that is barrel-aged, clocking in at 11.9%. Uh Ooh, that looks good. The I like uh, the like music note connotation yeah, thing. It Beauregard, almost looks like a music. Beauregard, Beauregard Distillery. So this is actually from a distillery, not a craft beer maker. But uh, yeah, kind of the the treble clef with uh, yeah, the orange that... at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very reminiscent. Uh, yeah, eleven point nine percent. Serve at between eleven and sixteen Celsius. So it actually wants like a room temperature pour. It wants like a forty-five to fifty-five pour. Uh, and 40 IBU. Le bourbon est uh, la vedette uh, d'un veritable homage au cocktail, old-fashioned. I think you're going to have to work on your French. You're going to have to work on the French. I, I don't do French. Yeah, you didn't even try the, like, accent either. You're just like... I didn't. <laughs> I did say homage. Was that an accent, though? <laughs> See, I think it, it would be insulting for me to try to do it with an accent, though. So there are two different schools of thought. That's true. There are. Uh, amaretto truffle. Oh, oh dear God! Nine percent. Extra strong beer is what it says on the bottom. Imperial chocolate. Uh, noir et amande. Uh, so a chocolate amaretto truffle beer. Oh my god. 
Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> that doesn't just sound good. That sounds freaking incredible. Amaretto is one of my favorite spirits. Like, just flat out. Oh my god, the can art on this. Uh, dude. Ooh, I like that. That is super cool. Uh, so this is uh, a pale ale using Citra and Galaxy hops. I'll love Oregon strains. <laughs> uh, from the Brewski Tap Room. Nice. In Montreal. So, yeah. Uh, Asme? Asme? A-S-M-E? Uh, pale Ale. Clocking in at 5%. So, thank you for that. And let's grab the last one here. Uh, oh, and he's actually in chat. Uh, uh, Shabziger. Oh, is that you? Yeah, apparently. Right? Shabziger, you have great taste. Thank you. I'm assuming that's that's them. Either that or it's Michael Stevens. No, it was Michael... Is Mike something else? Is... I don't know. Shabziger's been talking about opening I, I this up the whole time. I think it's Shabziger. Yeah. Then he took credit when they said he had great taste in beer. Yeah. So, so Shabziger, I'm assuming that's you. Uh, last one. Oh, my God. <laughs> the double catnip IPA. <laughs> the double catnip IPA. Ooh, that looks good. I love the can. Holy crap. That's a can that's going to have to live on my shelf when it's done. Uh... Yeah, double catnip IPA, 9%, so Imperial IPA. Uh, no, that's not me. Okay, so it, someone else. We'll find him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to dox anyone, but uh, it, was, it was a mic of some kind with a specific last letter to start the name. Yeah. French-speaking mic. Yeah, French mic. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Double catnip IPA. I freaking love it. That is an awesome, that looks great. awesome can. All of these look amazing. That is so cool. Uh, chocolate truffle, amaretto, and old-fashioned. Like, holy crap, you read me like a book. All right. John Jay, let's see if you can compete with that, because we've got uh, another box here to open. Ugh. John Jay, longtime friend and fan of the channel. Been sending us beers for a long time. Yes, he has. Treehouse lover. And he doesn't mean just regular treehouse. Right. And yeah. He means the brewery. Well, not just like climbing trees and building houses. You know, we're we're supposed to be accepting of all kinds around here. So if he loves tree houses, that's his own deal. See, John Jay's like tree house. What are you talking about? Novella Hub likes tree house, doesn't he? Maybe you have John Jay and Novella Hub backwards. Nope. No, they both love tree house. All right, so we got a couple of four packs here. What I love about 
The whale pods. By the way, if you want to ship beer, look up whale pod. Oh, treehouse. Sorry. You're right. You're right. I, I do have treehouse. Mixed up. Uh, now, what is the one by you, John Jay? God dang it. I remember getting a lot of Trinity from him. Trinity. Sorry. Sorry. Trinity. Trinity. There you go. Uh, yeah, follow the white rabbit. Trinity! Help! <laughs> Trinity! All right. Yeah, I like that movie. So, uh, we have from Toppling Goliath. We're starting off right here. Uh, we've got the 18 Hours from Brooklyn Double IPA with Idaho 7, Citra, Saz, Simcoe, Nelson Savan, and Mosaic Hops. That looks delicious. Trinity and Treehouse, sir. Haha, <laughs> it was Treehouse. Dang it. Jerk. John Jay. I don't even notorious, want this beer anymore. Screw notorious you. prankster that John Jay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Lord Hobo Brewing, another one of my favorite breweries. Oh, yeah. Uh, Consolation Prize. Uh, so this is a 9.5% double IPA. Another fantastic uh, that bit of sounds art, good. if I do say so. Uh, we've got from Single Cut Brewing, Notes IPA. little uh, guitar fret on there. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's like an E minor uh, chord. We're rocking an E minor. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> e minor. <laughs> Pairs well with C, G, and D. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Notes IPA, 7%. <laughs> it's because we don't have a full chord song. <laughs> Another top in Goliath. Uh, Fresh Batch Series S'mores Pastry Stout in the style of French Prince. Uh, stay chillin' and relaxin'. We put no lactose in. Ooh. Nice. So a pastry stout without added lactose. That's awesome. 10% pastry stout. That one's getting my mouth watering. Right. Uh, before we get to the next four, we'll do a quick super chat here. Swanee sends over 10 bucks. Thank you very much. Jeff, wanted to say thank you. Found your video on GPUP. Been wanting to set up a server for a long time now. Now I have one. Thanks to your video, plus my Hive server and other things, <laughs> LOL. Um, yeah, uh, you are very welcome, and I apologize to your wallet. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah. Red has no shame. No. He will make you buy all the things on eBay. I will only make you buy, like, the really cool things and maybe things like the uh, Io Neo Air, which I opened today. So. It's, nice. it's cute. Oh, it is. Look, there was us. Oh, and OLED and 1080p. It, it's a freaking gorgeous screen. Holy crap. Watch nice. for that review probably next week. Uh, let's see. We've got Mayflower Brewing. Dark Echo Imperial Stout, ale with lactose, coffee, and vanilla, 10%. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, my friend, I knew that can the second I laid eyes on it. 
And I'm assuming the silver one is its cousin. No, it's not. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so from uh, the Alchemist, we have the Alchemist Venom can, I believe. Pokemon Banger IPA. Uh, oh, no. Focal Banger. Okay. So it's from the Alchemist. This is the Focal Banger. Uh, this is another hazy IPA. Uh, I believe in the style of the alchemist, or <laughs> whatever the bleh. the grandfather of hazies is from the alchemist. It's the focal banger. I've not had the focal banger, so thank you. Uh, we've got hey look from Treehouse Brewing, uh, aftermath imperial stout nine point six percent. This is a very interesting can as well, uh, even though it was slightly damaged. Uh, bottled on June 6th, 2012. That's a 10-year-old Imperial Stout right there. Wow. Thank you. That's impressive. Teddy Topper, thank you. That's the godfather of the, uh, the Hazy. Yeah, and Jeff hates it. Awful, awful stuff. No, I'm it's good. Uh, I've said before, that's what all hazies should taste like. And now that's what all hazies do taste like. Uh, they, they went super juicy and really thick bodied and, and whatnot. Instead of just like, yeah, the first ounce was amazing. <laughs> uh, also from Treehouse, we've got Emperor Julius, double IPA, 8.8%. God, I love Treehouse can art. It yeah, they always nail it. So, so good. John Jay, Mike, thank you both. Those will make very fine additions to my collection indeed. And uh, unlike a lot of people, I actually drink my beer, John. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen John drink a beer before. <laughs> uh, Jeff, what cable is that for your earbuds? Very observant. Uh, so these are my Sennheiser IE40s. Uh, they're an in-ear monitor. Um, and they are a freaking amazing, extremely comfortable set of in-ear monitors. I used to play bass on stage. And uh, this is what I wore primarily pretty much in this exact configuration with one ear in, one ear out, because that's just how I rolled. Um, but uh, yeah, so Sennheiser IE40s. And then this cable is a replacement cable. Uh, so good on you. I need to look up exactly what it is. Um, it's the Sennheiser replacement cable 40. No, it's a third party cable. Oh. Uh, because it is a looped cable instead of the straight cable, and it's actually a lot more durable than the uh, the Sennheiser stock one, um, and also has the uh, the microphone and a uh, and a mute switch on it. So if nice. you're using it for like, I, I use this for video conferencing a lot, and uh, it works fantastic. And also for talking heads, I don't have to crank up my my volume and risk like bleeding into the microphone and whatnot i can just have the host or the co-host right here it's uh, right there very baby. convenient um yeah i'll i'm looking it up let me see if i can find it 
I don't believe in in-ear monitors. I want big, bulky, over-the-ear monitors. Yeah. These aren't monitors. These are just headphones, but... I'm searching my Amazon history. I know I bought it on Amazon. got some monitors right over there. <sighs> right behind me. Yeah. Well, you use my my uh, Audio Technicas all That's the time true. over yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I'm not opposed to over the head. I just prefer in ear, especially when I'm like playing a guitar. So fair enough. How dare you like try to state your opinion as fact? Gosh, this just in. In-ear monitors sucks. I will go to war with anybody who thinks otherwise. <laughs> okay. Hey, where's okay. an in-ear monitor? Get him! Get him! No, no, I was just scratching my nose. <laughs> He's scratching his nose! Get him! All right. Uh, Tanmay wants to know when the video for this will be out. Well, considering I literally just unboxed it like half hour before the show started, um, should be sometime next week. Um, I've got a couple more videos in line before that, but uh, did Skull just find that link? Uh, you found the IE40s, and it says, hey, look, purchased April 29th of 2020. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, I have the I have the clear ones. I like the clear. Uh, better show the earwax as it's building up around the edges of it. Uh, but I can't find the cable that I used for it. I don't know why. Yeah, I can just find the. I might not have bought the cable on Amazon, which would be very weird of me, but whatever. Uh, Ryan wants to know for five bucks. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, hey, Jeff, did you ever watch the video I sent you on Discord? I don't remember if I did or not. What was the video? Uh, that's, that's a great question. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I watch so many things. I may have. You gotta be a little more specific though. Uh, Tech Geek says I have the IE80s and he loves them as well. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I looked at those. Um, I kind of settled on the IE40s. Um, I know the IE80s have a little bit better mid-range response, but I am primarily a bass player and wanted a set of headphones that was a little bit more treble-based uh, or treble uh, responsive. And so this is what I went with just based on like frequency charts and whatnot. I really, really like them. Um, I get all the bass that I need from the 15-inch the cabinet that often sits behind me when I was playing. Uh, and so like, I can feel what I'm doing, but this makes sure I can hear the vocalists and, <laughs> and everyone else around me. Uh, uh, also Sennheiser and Mastrop HD 650Xs are lovely as well. Um, I, yeah, I love Sennheiser. So just in general. Yeah, I mean, they're, like the best mm -hmm. for studio monitors. Yep. Strange New World Interstellar mashup that I made. I don't remember watching that. I do remember seeing the link, but I think I got it like very late at night. And so I don't think I actually clicked on it. That sounds interesting though. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
Well, now that we have all our new beer opened, we have a little bit of time left. Um, let's see. Uh, NVIDIA is in the news because they missed their quarter two projections by $1.4 billion. Billion with a B. Uh, the reason being is they say, well, hold on. There we go. Uh, they say, well, uh, gamers just aren't buying cards anymore. I, I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, God, it's so weird, y'all. Like, like gamers for the last two years have been buying every single card, even before we produced it. And all of a sudden, even though the market is flooded with them on Amazon and Newegg and Best Buy, and they're all readily available, we just can't seem to sell them as fast. Um, turns out that was probably a lie. <laughs> and uh, in fact, they were selling all of their cards to crypto miners, but calling it gamers to their shareholders, which they are responsible to provide accurate information for. Uh, and they never really disclosed that they were just selling cards to crypto miners directly. And uh, that may come back to bite them in the future as far as, oh, I don't know, the SEC or any number of other organizations are concerned. Uh so, yeah, they missed their quarter two projections by $1.4 billion because they can't sell all their cards to crypto miners anymore. So they have to sell them at lower cost at retail and, and at a slightly slower rate. But, yeah, Audio-Technica, better than Sennheiser, I will fight you. That's from uh, Lemming. Well, it's only 10 Aussie dollars, so it's, what, like six fifty American? Uh, you're going to have to put up more money than that for me to, like, actually fight you. Like... Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it like overall economy, yeah. I could get behind like Audio Technica for sure. But I, by the way, like, I have no ill feelings for Audio Technica or Sennheiser. Again, I'm not a fanboy. I like competition, and they're both fantastic brands. Yeah, and they both but, produce uh, fantastic products. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like you know, I always feel like Sennheiser is kind of like the Halo products brand. Like they create the stuff that you wish you had money for. Totally. Um, and not that your in-ear monitors that you have are like overly expensive. Like looking at that link Skull provided, like they were 140 bucks. Yeah, um, yeah very which is like pretty modest. But as far as like Sennheiser uh, goes, I mean they've got super insane quality monitors that could easily be the most expensive thing in your home studio. Um, where and maybe Audio Technica does too, but I find that they're like mid-budget offerings tend to be pretty strong yeah so um yeah you know and honestly monitors should be one of the most expensive things in your studio i mean yes you can make million dollar bangers with <laughs> stock plugins and cheap mini controllers but if it sounds like garbage no one's gonna want it so you got to get yourself those monitors and learn yep. how to mix. Learn how to mix, learn how to EQ, learn how to normalize, learn how to do all those things, which uh, Rhett will tell you, I can like video edit circles around him, but when it comes to audio editing, he's he's got me beat just dead to rights. Like <laughs> we each have our strengths. It's only a matter of time. You'll catch up. And <laughs> that's what I'm paying you to do, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> You'll catch up. <laughs> 
It's in my best interest to just suck at it for as long as possible. <laughs> well, you're not hourly, so. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, that's true. You want to go home on time, you better learn this crap. <laughs> is no one going to mention sure? Well, of course. Sure is ubiquitous with microphones. Right. We were talking uh, monitors and and yeah. Mic or and uh I got nothing against sure either. Um I mean, heck, my my microphone is a Samsung. Um and they make Samsung. Samsung. I was trying to emphasize the sun yeah, because I didn't sound like you were saying sung. Yeah, I didn't want That's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to avoid was sounding like Samsung. And so I Samsung, uh, yeah, my my main microphone is a Samsung uh, C90, and it's freaking amazing. Um, I've talked about this before. My uh, um, I have another microphone that I do for voiceover work, and that is a uh, an MXL uh, 990, and it's a fantastic studio monitor or studio microphone. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Now, like, sure, I think it's like ubiquitous, you know, uh, I, I do, I prefer AKGs and other ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Spectre chiming in with AKG. Yeah. Yeah. I have some AKG gear. I have some AKG microphones that are all right, too. Um, uh, as far as like dynamic mics go, especially like in that economic range, like, sure, it's just unbeatable. You know, I have like a whole <laughs> clutch of, uh, SM58. I was going to say, hell, I have SM58s laying around and I don't even know where they came from. Yeah. Uh, like I've got a, um, I do, I do have one SM57. I have a, I have a clutch of SM57s yep. for recording, you know, especially like guitar cabinets and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Doing amp pickups and whatnot. That, that's what I use those for. Um, Lemming says that he says that Sennheiser is the best. Well, maybe that's what he's saying, but I say that having $2,500 worth of audio gear on my desk, none of it being Audio-Technica at the moment. Hey, more power to you. I will say I'm not a huge fan of Audio-Technica mics, but I also haven't bought an Audio-Technica mic in the last 10 years. And I know they've been doing some amazing things in that department. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have even known that they had any. I just know them for their monitors. And stuff, right. So. Um, yeah. And and like I said, I've used Audio-Technica for headphones and things like that for a number of years. Um, I've got the, I don't even remember the model of them, but you see them on like every music YouTuber, like aspiring music YouTuber. Every single one of them has at least one pair of cans that they're wearing. That's the Audio-Technicas that I have. Um, and they're fantastic uh, because they're super accurate across the entire range. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, they're great stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah, like, again, I, I'm not a, a fanboy. I'm not a brand follower or ambassador yeah. or anything like that. I use the right gear for the right situation. And as long as someone, uh, ATH M50s, thank you. Uh, and yes, I also have the Bluetooth model, the X, the XBT. Thank you, Skull, because Skull has the same headphones that I do. Uh, <laughs> um, Novella wants to know what the best pair of headphones is for Morrowind. <laughs> oh, God. It's whatever the Plantronics headset I had back in the day was. That's just <laughs> unparalleled. Turtle Beach. 
<laughs> no, it wasn't Turtle Beach. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> now, nah, man, look, Plantronics was the headset of the Apollo 11 team. Okay. Yeah. Can't knock their ingenuity. No, I just had some secondhand Plantronics headset from back in the day, and that was what I always uh, played games on pretty much until 2013 when I finally – so from, like, I think, like, the year 2001 to 2013, I had the same headset. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. Um, although I did have a set of Sony cans, and – You'll forgive me for not remembering a Sony model name, uh, <laughs> but uh, I had a Sony uh, set of Sony cans for about that long as well. For that same time period, like that very early 2000s to early to even mid uh, 2010s. So nice, yeah. I uh, yeah. <laughs> I've offended Ryan. <laughs> Quiet with that Turtle Beach crap, or I'll swear I'll unsubscribe. I swear on my mum, I will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ever since that that set of Plantronics I had busted, I've been chasing uh, the quality. Bought another pair of Plantronics that were just awful, in my opinion. Yeah. Like. And these are like the Razor Razor Krakens or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, they're fine. The mic is hot garbage, um, <laughs> but the sound quality is good and they're comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, Sony model numbers infuriate me to no end because I have a number of or owned a number of Sony products over the years that I would really like to own again. Uh, but the thing is, I can't search for that model number on eBay. Number one, no one knows how to find the Sony model number on a Sony product. Number two, you could never remember the Sony model number because it's some obscure three-letter starter with a dash and then a four-alphanumeric code after it. Um, it was never recognizable, and it actually changed depending on which marketing wing was in charge of said product at the time that that product was produced. And so you even had products that were like, you know, the Sony Vio, the Sony Vio laptop. Back when Sony made Vios, they were PEG, they were PAG, they were PEQ, they were, um, and then dash whatever lineup. Um, and sometimes that would even overlap with like their palm-based PDAs and, and, audio headphones and everything else but they they always had the same uh overall nomenclature where it was the dot 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 it's the kevin james phone number dot 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 yeah. dot um but it never made any sense to anyone outside of sony um anyway back in the early 2000s i had a pentium 3 based you would call it an ultrabook today because it was a super thin and light 12 inch uh, 1280 by 1024 laptop, 12.3 uh, inch screen um, that had a 1.8 inch hard drive to make it super thin. Uh, so the keyboard tray on it was uh, only like seven or eight millimeters thick. Um, the screen was even thinner than that. And so the whole thing, was super skinny and this is like 2003 
was this laptop was manufactured. It was a Pentium 3, one gigahertz or a 1.1 gigahertz. I don't remember right off. Um, it had no floppy drive, no CD-ROM drive. You could plug it into a dock and I did have the dock and you could plug a couple of things into that. But it had like two USB ports and a charging port and that was it. And I want that laptop back. It was such a great laptop. Um, uh, but there was that. I had a Sony Clie or Click, as most people tried to call them, but Clie, uh, Palm OS based PDA that had the clamshell and then rotating flip down screen. So the the whole thing flipped around, so you could use it like a PDA. It also had a full keyboard and a two megapixel camera on it. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but again, number one, no seller is ever going to put the actual Sony part number in there because they don't know them either. Number two, I could never remember the Sony part number, so I can't even search for it if I wanted it. So frustrating. Ugh. That was a solid strawberry margarita. Although I will say I liked the pineapple more. Um, the strawberry was just a little too sweet from Craftwell. Craftwell cocktails. Craftwell <laughs> cocktails. I got it right. Craftwell cocktails. Um, Craft computing cocktails. Yeah. There you go. Uh, this one was a hair too sweet. Uh, the, the pineapple was a little bit more on the sour side and I think had a little bit more of that agave style taste. Um, I think they probably used an agave based sweetener to get that tequila style flavor in there, but it's definitely not tequila. It's not like they dumped a bunch of Jose into the batch. This is uh, uh, definitely tasted like agave syrup and not like actual tequila, which again, I prefer. So... Uh, yeah, craft whale, craft whale cocktails, uh, wine cocktails. We'll have, to, we'll have to form a competing company called Craft Whale Cocktails. Craft Whale Cocktails. That's right. Yeah. Craft Whale. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We do have a couple of very quick beer stories, but I think we're going to skip them and we'll end with this since it's eight o'clock. Uh, Half-Life 2 VR is getting an official beta announced for September. I say official, but this is not from Valve. This is from an industrious uh, group of modders who have been working on this project for the last five years and counting. Uh, basically porting over Half-Life 2 to Steam VR. Um, those who have been around the VR community long enough know that Half-Life 2 was actually released in VR by Valve early in the Oculus DK1 and DK2 days. Um, they had the whole thing playable with the Oculus DK2 and the Razer Hydra 6 Degree of Freedom controller setup. Um, and yes, I mean that Razer. Uh, they produced a trackable set of controllers that you could wear one on your chest to track where you were at. Uh, the Oculus DK2 had a camera to track your head in 3D space, and then you had one controller for your gun that you would swing around in front of you. 
And uh, I'm in a show right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> very cute. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I remember like putting on like a camera strap and literally taping the Razer Hydra controller to my chest to track chest movement. And then I also got independent head movement out of the DK2 and then holding the other Hydra up. And that was the first out of body, out of location experience I ever had with VR. Like I'm not in a tech demo. I'm in City 17. It, it was the first uh, real feeling of presence, as as they say, for VR that I ever experienced. Um, and the first real like moment where my brain tried to take over, the the fight or flight tried to talk reason into my gaming self. Um, and what I mean by that is in the opening sequence of Half-Life 2, hashtag spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> um, you're running from the Covenant and, uh, or Covenant, God, Halo. Combine. The Combine, thank you. Uh, you're running from the Combine soldiers. They're trying to chase you over rooftops and, and so on and so forth. And there's this one scene where you are running over a set of rooftops and you come to this uh, train yard and a train zooms by underneath you and you have to jump from the roof onto this moving train. It's very early in the game. Um, and all I had to do was either push the joystick forward or take a step forward. And my character would do that. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't for like a minute. Like I would lean forward and go, nope, I'm not supposed to be jumping <laughs> off of this roof. That's not right. <laughs> so that, that brain, that safety part of your brain that keeps you alive as a teenager yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wanted me to not do that. And, and like I said, that was the first feeling of presence. And so Half-Life 2 in VR, I've wanted to re-experience that ever since VR went mainstream with like consumer available headsets in 2017. But I, I never could um, I, I, because Half-Life 2 as Valve ported it for VR was not available for the Oculus CV1 or the HTC Vive or and seemingly not available by the modding community either because the tools, the API that they used were kind of locked out. And so whereas Half-Life 2 itself is open source and, and the, the source engine is open source, um, it's kind of laid dormant as like this experience that I want to see again. So I am very excited to see Half-Life 2 and City 17 in VR again Half-Life Alex, notwithstanding, like Half-Life Al Alex was great, but Half-Life 2, it's like going back and seeing a high school sweetheart for the first time in, in 20 <laughs> years again. And yeah, so the game still holds up, though. I married my high school sweetheart. So like, it's like seeing the other high school sweetheart. It's like seeing the other one. Right. <laughs> the one you didn't marry. Right. Right. Uh, anyway.
Yeah. Pick up that can. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, uh, Rhett, anything else good of the order before we close? There is no good of the order except... Any bad of the order? Well, there's plenty bad of the order. There is. And in fact, by going to patreon.com slash craftscomputing, you could lend your voice to the bad of the order on Discord. Uh, or the bad of the order on the Super Secret After Show. That's right. Uh, you know, we do a little shirts for skin sometimes in there, and I'm I'm vastly outnumbered. I need assistance. I'm calling in the reserve <laughs> troops. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, mostly, the first thing to go in the after party is Rhett's shirt. It's hot in here. What do you want from me? Sometimes the, the it's rap to shirt. go along with that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's getting. <laughs> Sometimes Rom's shirt goes too, but now that we've switched times, uh, it's a little more difficult. Like he's at work, it, it's it's harder. It's uh, again, your general is calling in the troops. Okay? Right, right. So uh, Ryan sends over a two dollars super chat. Thank you, Ryan. Have I tried Richie's plank experience? Um, first off, of course I have. I've tried almost every single VR game that's out there, even the crap ones, even the tech demos. Um, even the tech demos that became fully fledged games like Gorn, like I was in the alpha for Gorn. Um, uh, so yes, I've tried basically every VR experience that's out there. Um, I also ran a VR arcade, which is how Rhett and I met each other. Um, I was a guest on Rhett's podcast to explain why VR was going to be game changing and was not going to go away this time. Uh, and, and... <laughs> True to form, Rhett's one-hour podcast became a two-part, two-hour podcast <laughs> because I was on it. This is I think long. It was almost like three hours. I think it was like ninety minutes a piece. Yeah, we talked forever. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great, great show, and it was kind of the final. I started the VR arcade to show people VR for the first time and like get people interested in it. And also to help bankroll starting up craft computing, like to get some hardware in line to be able to review or to be able to build some projects and, and things like that. And uh, made a decent amount of money doing the VR arcade and also met some fantastic people. Rhett's one of the ones that I still keep in obviously like daily and weekly contact with. Um, but uh Rhett came in and he interviewed me about VR and the state of the VR industry and why we should be paying attention as gamers and developers and things like that. And honestly, being on Rhett's podcast kind of cemented like, I need to talk about this more. I, I need <laughs> I need to be vocal because I have a lot to say. And I feel that people would be interested. And uh, so I was already working towards like building a YouTube channel and, and whatnot, but I hadn't filmed a single episode yet. Um, and after I got off that podcast with Rhett, which was the first time I was interviewed for anything outside of like a five minute, like, you know, industry thing. Uh, it was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Nice. <laughs> so. What can I say? Uh, I'm now you work to... for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I was planting the seeds for my own future, Jeff. <laughs> uh, Chloe chimes in with $2 for Rhett's shirt. I don't know if she wants you to keep it or take it off, but you'll have to join the after party 
to see if he does. Anyway, this has been episode 247 of Talking Heads. Every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news right here on YouTube. Make sure to like this video if you liked it. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Check out Craft Extra for some more, like, like passion projects and for clips of this show, which Rhett will be hard at work clipping apart tomorrow morning. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for watching. And as always, we will see you next week. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, all. <laughs>